0: Are you stressed? Do you fear what you'll be facing when you wake up in the morning? Is life simply causing you to question its essence? If so, you're in the right place. Welcome to Spirited Daydreams, the show featuring lightworker and psychic medium Carla Shields, where the answers to some of life's and yes, the afterlife's most thought-provoking and compelling questions are thought. Spirited, as Carla is known as by many, brings her inspiring, passionate, and powerful spiritual teachings to the Internet. So, let's take a moment to welcome the host of the show, your spiritual healer, Carla Shield. Happy April Fool's Day, April 1st, 2015, and I'm so happy it's spring where we are. The snow is finally melting. Um, If you haven't tuned in recently, we do have shows going just about every week now. So, And usually, it seems they're going to be falling Wednesdays at 8 p.m. Eastern, but if you cannot uh, make it at this time, you can always tune in and check out the archives So, um, I've done a lot of homework, and some of it is going to be scripted because I even went to some encyclopedias to get some information for you because this show is about superstitions from the past as well as to the present. And um, just to kick off, has anybody out there ever watched the TV show The Nanny? that was out in, I think, the 90s, 1990s. Well, if you did, every now and then... Fran and her mother, who were of Jewish persuasion, would spit three times. a go toop tuk, tuk, tuk. Uh, You know, I, that was actually one of the things I found. Whether this is done literally or figuratively, by saying poo 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 or toot toot toot, spitting three times being a mystical number is a classical classic response to something exceptionally evil or good. So for centuries people that are Jewish perform this ritual in response to seeing, hearing, or learning of anything that's terrible as a measure to prevent such a tragedy from happening. It's tradition to perform the same action in response to something really good, like good news, the birth of a healthy child, to ward off the evil eye, to keep the evil away and keep everything good. Spitting was, for a very long time considered a protector against the dark forces. Ancient and medieval physicians described the positive values of saliva and spittle. And doesn't that make you what, you know, it got me thinking, you know, going to spit at this and spit at that when we're kids or I'm so angry I could spit. And this really does go back centuries and centuries, thousands of years actually, um, to help Keep the evil away, keep good forces amongst us. Closing books that have been left open, uh, even today, even today, closing prayer books, Bibles, Talmudic tracts is a common practice in synagogues and some churches and study halls. It goes back to the medieval fear of the evil power of demons and devils who would take the holy knowledge right out of the books and use it for their own dark purposes. So that is actually where the practice of closing an open book that no one is reading came from. So April Fool's Day. Did you know that there's superstitions involving April Fool's Day? First of all, a little history and just a little bit. April Fool's Day actually goes back to the Roman festival of of Hilaria, which was traditionally March 25th, and that is when they would celebrate the vernal equinox and honor the resurrection of Addis, the Roman god of vegetation. And of course, most of us know about the Hali Festival, Holy Festival of India, with all the wonderful colors and so forth on the second day. The medieval Festival of Fools preceded April Fool's Day. And in 1392, in Shoshir's Canterbury Tales, the nuns priest tale, is set I'm gonna to try to pronounce it correctly. Sin March began thirty days and two. So what this means sin March began thirty days and two, it means thirty two days after March, which is technically March second. And and it referred to the anniversary of the engagement of King Richard II of England to Anne of Bohemia in thirteen eighty two. But many people misunderstood it and thought that meant the 32nd of March, which, of course, would be April 1st because there is no 32nd of March. So in Chaucer's tale, the Chanticleer was tricked by a fox. And from that story came about April Fool's Day as we know it now. The um, superstitions come about that. If you're going to play a trick on someone, it needs to be done by noon, wherever you are, by noon. Because if you play tricks afternoon, it brings bad luck back to you, if you're the trickster. So I hope you didn't, <laughs> if you believe in such a thing, play a trick on anyone afternoon today, wherever you are. Those that don't respond to a trick with a good attitude bring bad luck on themselves, it's said. So... April Fool's Day, amongst being what I consider a little silly and a little difficult, um, can, can actually be quite superstitious for those that believe uh, for that to happen. You know, back in 1582, Pope Gregory was the one that was responsible for introducing the calendar that we follow today. And that changed the new year from April 1 to January 1. Because many forgot April 1st wasn't New Year's Day anymore. And, of course, some stubbornly refused to accept it because it April 1st, well, it was always New Year's. And they just didn't agree with this new calendar. So many people would play tricks on them. And one of them came about to have an important letter that would be passed on. to the, And they'd give it to these people that were reluctant, that were stubborn to, you know, resisting the change of the calendar. And when the when someone, they would say, bring it to so-and-so, and that, it would say, inside, they'd it, open up the note, it would say, send the fool further. And it would go on and on and on. This was practiced in England, in Ireland, in Sweden, all around Northern Europe, actually. It's really quite interesting. In Greece, before now, some of these, I need to precurs some of these places, um, countries. Uh, These practices may no longer be in practice. At the time, the encyclopedias and the books and the research I did were written. They came from various time frames. So this can be considered to be in the past, but you may know of someone from these places that still believes in these things. In Greece, before a Greek, selects the day for his wedding, he observes most minutely every omen, and with prayer and fasting and sacrifice takes every precaution. The Grecian mother, before putting her child in its cradle, would turn around three times before the fire while singing her favorite song to ward off evil spirits. In Ireland, The Irish peasant was especially subject to natural fears, but especially at Lenten times, which would be right now. At this time, the auguries and omens assumed an especially depressing complexion, which is where, technically, the term banshee came from. And for those in our country, in the United States, we usually think of um, this... Gosh, I can't think of the name now. At any rate, um, the Banshee would, during Lenten times, if it occurred, had a gloomy significance of a double funeral. So, peasant mothers in Ireland still, today, carry their children to holy wells or holy springs, where they pray for Lenten mercy on their own. And the manifold sin of, sins of, of their fellows are washed away, as they wash away at, themselves in the blessed water. The ceremony is completed by tying from the um, brush and the trees nearby. They, the women would take these with them back home, pick a few twigs, and tie them to some colorful ribbon or colorful cloth and hang them just outside or right inside their home. as a thank offering to the patron saint of their children to keep... Um, them well forevermore. In Spain, the Spaniards never put their left foot down first when stepping on board a vessel, because if you did this, it brought disaster. So imagine the way I am. I'd be done because I forget which foot goes first, you know. In the 16th century, the Spaniards believed that spiders indicated gold where they were found in abundance. So for all of you that are afraid of spiders, and so many people just don't like spiders, maybe that's something to think about. Maybe they're leading you to gold. Oh, gosh. In Spain, the newborn's infant's face was swept with a pine bough to bring good luck. Italy, such a romantic and beautiful place, I hear. And everyone I've known from Italy has always been a lovely person. In Sicily, the time-honored superstition of the evil eye is still so widely spread throughout the island, and I have to say, even in our country here. And even among the upper classes in Italy, it's said that no one who does not wear a charm is considered safe. You would need to wear a charm. And if you know some people of Italian persuasion, you may ask them about that. And I will tell you, many people today that I know of, are Italian, indeed, do wear those charms. A Venetian superstition is that the young girl, across whose feet dirt is swept, won't ever get married. The periwinkle in Italy gained for itself the name of the death flower because when an infant died way back, they would pick periwinkle and make garlands when an infant died. So, I don't know if it's still today, but up until a few de- de- decades ago, a periwinkle was considered a death flower, like a calla lily might be in the United States. In Italy, the snake is invulnerable, except during the full moon, when the serpent have to become drunk on the vineyards and could be slain. So if you slayed one of these serpents, you'd be calling down on the head of yourself, and your family some terrible plague. The superstition about snakes as guardians of a buried treasure seems to be a favor, but all the believed snakes um, were demons were always in fear. In England, even as late as the 18th century, a superstitious belief that a man condemned to be hanged could escape, providing some compassionate woman came forward at the foot of the gallows, and expressed her willingness to marry him. Crickets. Have you heard about crickets? This apparently goes back to many days of your 18th century, 17th century England. It, when I was a child, if there was a cricket in the house, it meant good luck. And we would help stoves, and we had, you know, one of those um, metal crickets, I think it was brass, in symbolism for good luck on the hearth. And that actually goes back to England. It was very unlucky to kill them. And they would even cut holes in the knitted stockings of, of members of the family if they killed them as punishment for killing their good luck. The English housewives would never sweep dirt out of the front door because that meant you would sweep a fortune away. So if you've been sweeping your dirt out your front door, maybe try the side door, the back door from now on. I'm just kidding, folks. I'm just kidding. I don't believe this. And we'll talk about that shortly. In Northern England, people did not name a child after some respected ancestor, like we might today. If you had, oh, perhaps a grandfather named John, you might consider naming um, your firstborn son named John in memory of him. Well they didn't in northern England many years ago because they were afraid Grandfather John might not be happy and come come back to cause trouble. So they would not ever do that back then. When a dairy maid churned for a very long time and it didn't make butter, what she'd do is stir the cream with a twig of mountain ash and then beat the cow with another twig of mountain ash to break the witch's spell of oh, the poor cow. But to prevent accidents of nature, it's long been customary to make the churn staff out of ash wood. So if you ever have occasion, and today probably not very often, but if you ever have occasion to run across a butter churn, ask, won't you, and see if it's made out of ash. Ash wood, where was used by herding boys to drive cattle. And, of course, we know that the Druids were prevalent in England many, many, many years ago. And um, their worship of the trees and, and nature. And oak trees, of course, were thought to be mysteriously protected. And many superstitions clung around the sacred tree and still do today. Still do today. The hawthorn tree, Used to be hung pieces of it. Used to be hung up at entrances of your house in May, in the month of May, to guard the dwelling from witches. And I didn't find any more information about that. I was curious, and perhaps I'll look into that because why May? The hawthorn must have budded in May, and and I didn't go that far with it. I'm sorry about that, but that's that's what I'm guessing. In France, well, I'll tell you, I I found quite a bit. And I'm not going to go into a lot of it because some of it was just so sad. And this is a family show, so I'm just not going to do that. But I will tell you something that's kind of cute. The French peasant's faith in fermented grape juice is really beautiful. If his children were stricken with the measles, he gave gave it to them in beakers of wine, well sweetened with honey and spiced with pepper. If they had a bad cold, a quart of red wine and a melted tallow candle mixed in. Mm. If if there was scarlet fever in the home, eggs with white wine and soot eaten well together. Well, I don't know about you, but wine is good. (laughs) So perhaps the wine is what did the trick? I don't know. In Germany, people believed that where the stork had its brood, no fire could ever come. And anyone who during his lifetime made any cats his enemies, was certain to go to the grave during a wind and rain storm. So be friendly to cats or you die in a bad storm? I don't know. American Indians, of course, we we have all seen pictures and we may know uh, um, someone that's in, of, of Native American descent, as my husband is partially, um, Feathers, of course, figure very prominently in their religious customs even today, and some were plume symbols for good or bad. Just so that you know, white and brightly colored hued figures were good medicine, a good omen. So white and brightly colored, which makes sense to me. The Eskimos many believed in the transmigration of souls, meaning that spirits came back in animals that come back. As wind, as rocks, as ice and water, and they believed that they were angry, evil, or good, depending on how the elements reacted. But you, but you could appease them. You could appease them if the if there was a performer that was sufficiently versed in occult sciences to change the wind, chanting, drumming, bowing, building fires, and shooting against the wind. And as a last resort, firing up the graves of of the dead, meaning to light of course the the grass above the graves on fire. On the Isle of Man, one of the superstitious customs in Mainsland was for the family on story night stormy nights, sorry that about that, to go to sleep early. So that the good fairies could come in and find shelter and repose during the storm. Isn't that sweet? They thought of the fairies. I just, I just like that. I like that. I thought that was very nice. In Japan, flowers were and still are um, very significant, right? There, if you look at pictures, drawings, works of art from Japan, there's almost always flowers there, right? And there's there's good reason. As as many as many of us know, flowers have significance. Different kinds of flowers have different meanings. But for the Japan, the people of Japan, they looked at, for example, the iris, the iris, beautiful iris flower. They looked at it as as being a flower of princely dignity, but because it was purple, they wouldn't use it for a wedding. That was bad luck. They would never use for a happy occasion an orchid a daphne or an azalea, because that would ruin, cause um, the energy to be negative. Some flowers were regarded just as a bad sign altogether, such as the camellia. And And that was because the red blossoms fall off whole in a manner which reminded them, pardon the expression, but true, of decapitated heads. Some of these superstitions, my goodness. So Scotland... I like these, and I really wanted to share some of these with you, because most of us know things about getting married, you know, seeing your bride or significant other on the day of the wedding before the ceremony is bad luck. Thank you, Scotland. That comes from Scotland. It's unlucky to wear the bridal gown in full array with everything all together before the wedding day. Even when you go for a fitting today, they might try this on, try that on, but seldom would you have everything on all at once, and that's why. Because the Scottish people would say that's bad luck. Centuries ago, thousands of years ago, it was and still is considered unlucky for a groom to see his bride before the ceremony in the wedding gown. It was unlucky for guests at a wedding. Engagement rings would never be opals or emeralds. Because of the green. And even in the opals, there is a green, a bit of green, so they would never use them back then. It was unlucky to be married in a month where there is a letter A, such as May. So the only months left, I figured them out, <laughs> was June, July, September, October, November, and December. So I wondered if that's where June weddings came about because people didn't want to wait anymore. I'm going to get back to the weddings in a bit because there's something else I really wanted to share with you before we run out of time. But, you know, some of these I actually run into myself. On the side, I am an Avon lady. I love Avon. It brings me connected to people I wouldn't otherwise meet. And I enjoy meeting some people and making friends. It's something I do for fun and a little enjoyment. And one of my elderly customers, a beautiful lady, she's just so sweet, so sweet, she had bought a pair of shoes, them to her, and they were in the box and inside a bag. And gosh, I didn't know, did you, that there's a superstition about putting shoes. I understand never why you wouldn't want to put used shoes on a table because of the gosh knows what, where they've been, right? But brand new, you know. No, can't put them on the table. And fortunately, you know, we got them off the, before they hit the table, we got them move just in time. And our sister said, no, 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 bad luck. Well, yeah, that actually comes back way back thousands of years ago, obviously for health reasons. But it's still in 2015 today. People are afraid even brand new shoes, slippers, nothing ever on a table. Some people believe that. Never put them on the bed because that meant a death would happen in the family. Don't leave them crossed on the floor. And don't leave, don't put the wrong ones on the wrong feet, which I understand. Gosh, sometimes I have a hard enough time walking with them on the right feet. But seriously, never walk anywhere with only one shoe on. Throw a shoe after somebody when they leave home to seal their good luck. So if you have kids moving out or or what have you, throw a shoe after them. Tying an old boot to the car of newlyweds was good luck thousands of years ago, and still today is done. Throwing boots at newlyweds was lucky. I don't know if you want to try that, but this is the way it used to be thousands of years. Ancient practice, okay? Ancient, meaning thousands of years ago, Fifteen, sixteen hundreds, 1600s, they would throw boots at the newlywed couple. And if a boot hit them, It was good luck for them. A prudent bride slips a gold sovereign in her wedding shoe. Walking on gold guaranteed the prosperity of her household. So now, if you're lacking money, did you remember that? (laughs) Did you have a gold sovereign? Unless you're a coin collector, you probably don't. Um, But it also carries forward with silver. So a silver sixpence, a silver coin, a silver half dollar, Um, if you had nothing else, a piece of silver. So if you know someone that's getting married, here we go. This is something I really liked. Everyone knows something old, something new, something borrowed, something blue for the bride if you're getting married. Everybody knows that, I think. This was before the 19th century, England, Scotland, area in that general region I found. But I did not know this, and I think it's very important. Something old represents continuity with the bride's family and her past. Something new represents optimism and hope for the bride's new life ahead. Something borrowed is an item from a happily married friend or family member whose good fortune is mar- in, ma- in her marriage. Is supposed to carry over to the new bride in her new life with her spouse. Something blue before the 19th century, wedding gowns were blue. Very, very seldom would they be white. Blue was the most popular color for wedding gowns. And, you know, honestly, why aren't we doing that today? White, yes, it's a color of purity, but blue is such a wholesome, beautiful color. So I just thought, if you know someone that's getting married, you might want to share that with them when they go something old, new, borrowed, and blue. Uh, and you, if you're going to believe in any superstition, why not understand the superstition? Because I just thought that was lovely. So wrapping up, according to Scientific American, when it comes to superstition, social scientists have agreed but they are generally, fundamentally irrational, but we already knew that, didn't we? Magical thinking is defined by them as the belief that an outcome, action, or circumstance won't logically relate to a course of events that can affect its outcome. In other words, in English, <laughs> based on cause and effect, it's unlikely that if you step on a crack, you're going to your, break your mother's back. Um, I would agree with that. But this is a show about spirituality as well. And since we have two minutes left, I just wanted to say, if you believe in something and it improves your circumstance, it makes you feel better about yourself and gives you confidence, while you're trying to get stronger recovering from something, whether it be difficult times, a rough winter, um, you know, or any sort of loss in your life, I don't see anything wrong with a little good luck charm if it makes you feel better for a while. However, I need to tell you, Mother and Father God are there 24-7. Your guides ask them to go with you. I'm scared. Are you with me? I know that sounds silly, but if if people for thousands of years have believed in all of these, and some of them in my opinion, rather ludicrous things to bring them good luck and keep evil away, what is the harm in talking to your higher power, to your angels, to your loved ones on the other side, and asking them for help during tough times? We all have tough times. The, The most spiritual people of spiritual people have difficult times. In fact, some of us, we think... Methinks, I will say, sometimes I think, we're given a little extra just to see if we can (laughs) and and learn those lessons to pass on to you. I hope that this has been interesting for you. But before you go, remember this. If you do spill salt and you're going to throw a pinch over your shoulder, make sure it's your left shoulder. Because thousands of years ago, they believed that The evil came and the devil came on your left side and the angels were always on your right side. So they would always throw the salt over their left shoulder so as to hit the devil in the eye and scare them away. Blessings, take care, and I'll see you soon.